Hopefully uh, we remember the theme music this week. <laughs> this fellow Ronaldo is a cod. Arsene Wenger has been in Japan for a year. He doesn't know anything about English football. I will love it if we beat them. It's the history of the Tottenham. I have nothing to say. I'm so sorry, I have nothing to say. Con Giovanni, yeah, incredible. Dribble, 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 dribble. Penalties? What is penalties? <laughs> Who are Man United? As you may have heard, Peter Crouch is releasing an autobiography in the coming weeks, and one particular extract has been doing the rounds. Crouch tells the story of how Roy Keane helped Crouch realise he had become what he hated. A twat. What are the odds Roy Keane has any recollection of this incident? I think Roy Keane has done enough in his life to never remember anything or anyone he has ever crossed or wronged. Oh, he he knows who's wronged him, though. Probably. He probably yeah, has a he, list. He has Richard an Nixon list. enemy list, yes. He's got, like, a hit list that he's just gonna... He saved the International Week. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, it turns out the whole Irish national team is on this hit list. Yes, everybody. Everybody who's ever lived in Ireland... Is oh now god! An enemy of Roy Keane. Oh god! What have we done? Yeah, though. Did you? Uh, we we listened to this uh, incredible Stephen Ward. Yeah, for people for, for people unaware of what's going on, Stephen Ward, the Irish, you know, the acclaimed Irish and Burnley left back. Yeah, Burnley. still at Burnley. Yes, he's not doing great at Burnley, but he's, he's still 10, there. No, yeah, he's still there. Premier League player Stephen Ward, one of our only Premier League players. Yeah, one of the few Premier League players there is in the Ireland squad. He messaged his friends with an audio clip, which I still don't really understand WhatsApp's reason for including that into its infrastructure that you have to send audio clips so you can text, just do the same thing. But that's getting away from the point. But anyway, he explained what happened with Jonathan Walters and explained what happened with Harry Arthur in the Ireland team. Basically, both of them are Roy Keane's fault. In Apparently there's some long-held altercation with John Walters going back to Ipswich when Roy Keane sold him from Ipswich to Stoke way back when. And that's still carried over and carried on. Like, But, you know, they've put bygones be bygones and Roy Keane said that he doesn't, you know, like, uh, John Walters has tried to, like, bury the hatchet and put out what, you know. Yeah, like, John Walters has been one of Ireland's better players under Martin O'Neill's yeah. tenure. Yeah, he's been one of Ireland's better he performers in the last like, five, six years. He's the reason we qualified for the Euros, because yeah. he was amazing against Bosnia and Herzegovina. Yeah. He's done his job for Ireland, though. Like, you can call him whatever you want to call him, but he's done his job for Ireland. And Roy Keane, obviously, and him don't get on, personally, and Roy Keane wants... To paraphrase, he wanted nothing to do with him, and he's there to help people. And that's it. He doesn't want anything to do with people like John Walters, whatever that means. The second one is a bit more interesting when unprovoked, while Harry Arthur had a quad injury, it was it was disclosed of, and was in a treatment room getting treatment while on international duty. Uh, Rory Keane walked in and started berating him with a lot of expletives. Started following him down the corridor with a lot more expletives. Harry Arthur tried to calm the situation and explain the situation. And that was not good enough for Roy Keane. And Roy Keane continued calling him various names I'm and questioning sure, uh, his heritage and various other things that he probably shouldn't have been doing. Do you think the word calm is in Roy Keane's vocabulary? No, maybe not. But I don't see why he did it. Like, this guy had already missed training. He was Because it's Roy Keane. Like, That's what he does. He has some vendetta against... People. Certain people. Yeah, people in general, it appears. Why aren't you a dog that I could walk? Yeah. And the idea, like... It's hilarious because there, there's just been a press conference with uh, Martin O'Neill because Ireland are playing Poland in a, a regular international friendly this this coming week. And the Polish journalists don't know what's going on. And the Irish journalists aren't sure about the ethical quandary that they're in that should they ask questions about a private conversation that's been leaked to the public by somebody 
may be involved in a private situation about individuals who aren't you know part of this conversation like uh, uh, Martin O'Neill immediately came out and said first of all Stephen wasn't there confirming it was Stephen Ward that sent the audio message not leaving anything up to doubt uh, so obviously he heard it Liam Brady's commented on it and said this is like what was his exact term was taking the piss I didn't see this at all uh, he said you know, he was on Eamon Dumpy's podcast to stand and he, he said that this whole I think this was before the audio clip even got out when it was just the stories because these were basically everyone expected something along these lines that happened between Roy Keane and Harry Arter. Yeah, like Harry Arter's taking a break from international yeah. you know, an indefinite break, which I imagine Focusing is on his until club Roy career. Keane is gone. Yeah. One of the few Irish, again, like Steve Ford, Harry Arter, one of the few players in the Ireland squad who would play in the Premier League on yeah, a regular he's, basis. Uh, he's loaned out to Cardiff. Loaned out to Cardiff and, you know, apart from missing terrible chances against Arsenal, he's playing for Cardiff. He's still probably one of the better players. Yeah, he is definitely one of Cardiff's better players. And uh, whatever... It's it's bizarre now that like like we can go in and on about it and I know we'll probably talk a bit more about the, the Nations League and Ireland's performances. Yeah, well it was on Thursday night, I think it was. Yeah, it was Thursday. No one knows because no one knew it was on. <laughs> I was surprised as anyone it was like, Oh, I thought that was on at the weekend. Four one. Four one. To Wales. Ryan Giggs's first uh, competitive match. First match as Wales manager? Yeah, sure, we'll say that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, of course the, be- the best part about uh, it, <laughs> the best part about Giggs's, uh first match was just the handshake with Martin O'Neill at the end, that was just absolutely yeah. hilarious. Again, and for the people who haven't seen it, he, they shook hands, normal enough handshake, they were walking away from each other, Martin O'Neill went straight down the tunnel, and then Ryan Giggs went, like, turned back, the double t- did a double take, which you don't see often in real life, <laughs> but did a full-on real double take, as if... Martin O'Neill said something about his sister or something along yeah. those lines or if you know it was if if you could imagine someone having a very acute sense of smell certainly overcome their body that's what Ryan Giggs looked like he as if someone had shocked him yeah and the look on his face it was like Just really ominous <laughs> yeah it was like what so Martin O'Neill said something to Ryan Giggs at that moment and and you know, it it scarred Ryan Giggs for life. He'll never forget the the moment Martin O'Neill said something after his first. It's a video. Victory. I didn't hear anyone uh, ask him any questions about it because they yeah. have played since they played against Denmark. So yeah. they obviously would have done a press conference. But no, I don't think anyone. <laughs> it's just a weird moment. Uh, you know, for nothing else, at least the Nations League has given us that. Yeah. Well, if we were to talk about the performance, it wouldn't be as as funny. Yeah. Well. From a certain perspective, Ireland's performance well, was quite funny. It do, yeah, but it gives like poor Wales because Wales looked like they're going to get promoted out of this division. <laughs> but no, it just turns out, oh no, Ireland are just that bad. Yeah, but like as it is, Denmark. The the story last week was Denmark players going on strike and then putting out some futsal players to play. Yeah, I thought it was funny that a lot of a lot of papers were all like, oh, and they're playing a YouTuber. It's like yeah. Ireland of David Myler. Yeah, David Myler is a bigger YouTuber. <laughs> In fairness to him, and that in, in fairness, that YouTuber is probably more skillful than David Myler. But he's a freestyle trick player. You know, he actually makes videos about football. David Myler plays FIFA, and not regardless, <laughs> fair play to David Myler. He's he's actually quite good at it, and he's properly stringing it into media. Is he? Is he still? Uh, yeah, yeah. Doing it? Oh yeah, I he was at E3. At the oh, big gaming yeah, convention, yeah, presenting was... part of the world's biggest gaming convention. I was like, why is David Myler yeah. there? It was <laughs> so that, random. That was before he shaved the beard. It was well, when the I World mean... Cup was on as well. It's like, oh yeah. Would he have gone to E3 or the World Cup? If uh, he E3, definitely. Yeah. yeah, but that that's David Myler for you. But like Wales did their job. They they weren't at full strength either. They had their biggest players. Seventeen uh, year old Ethan Ampadu made his first start for Wales and he played quite well. Played very well. Purposes. Just destroyed Ireland's lackluster yeah. defence, which is 
like for all the talk about Ireland's injuries, the the defense was fairly solid. Yeah, like and they were was, all they were all Premier League players yeah. as well, except for obviously the goalkeper. Randolph. Yeah, Darren Randolph, Who, Darren Randolph is a Premier yeah, League standard goalkeeper. So yeah, that's a ominous for Ireland's defense. It's nine goals in the last hundred and twenty seven minutes of yeah, football. And every time they're he's trying to like he is not doing this at all, but I'll just say it for the for the lulls. Uh Martin O'Neill is doing what Gareth Southgate is doing and like, okay, let's add let's bypass the midfield. But we have at least a couple of midfielders. Yeah, so do England. So do England. Yeah, but, but they're still bypassing the midfield, like, okay lads, we'll go from back to front really quickly. Well and when we have the ball we'll have attacking players on it on on it. Or in attacking midfield but with Ireland you can't do that because the attacking players aren't good enough to hold on to the ball so if they lose the ball suddenly you have a situation where you have Gareth Bale like Aaron Ramsey this new fella Ethan Apadu Ethan Apadu just destroying the Irish defence poor Kieran Clark putting Gareth Bale on his left foot poor <laughs> Stephen, go, go Stephen Ward against Gareth Bale in a one on one on the right hand side oh, that's a massacre like day, Wales were just destroying the Irish left back so uh, surely surely Martin O'Neill's not long for this world as no, an he's Irish got a, he's, got another, he's got a contract to the end of the but, but if if Ireland get relegated having only scored the one goal and conceded another five or six but this surely, is surely this that's again, grounds. It's the Nations League, and you know, to, to quote but, the English players, they don't understand it. But that's that'd be four really poor performances plus the Denmark match. Yeah, which he really should have gone after, in yeah. my opinion. I concur. Yeah, was... entirely, especially when that match went wound down. Like, like at least have some pride in it. But they didn't. Ireland have sy- systemic problems. There oh, is yeah, no yeah. the players aren't coming through. <laughs> Apparently, the management team is now alienating. The entire uh, well, team. there is certainly alienating Premier League standard players from from the team. We'll call up uh, the futsal players soon. Do you think? Maybe. Well, we don't have a. Fo- I'm pretty sure our futsal futsal team isn't great, to be yeah. honest. But but there there's a problem and it's a systematic problem and you have to a decision will have to be made by the FAI one way or the other in the future. Like one thing, Martin O'Neill, he's doing better than Trap did in terms of at least the performances aren't always. Dower. It was if he if the Denmark match goes another way and you know they they took the lead in that match. If they see that match out, yeah, then it's a completely different story. <laughs> they took the lead. They went through to the World Cup. <laughs> to be fair, the, would the World Cup really have been uh, much better if Ireland played instead of played Denmark? against France? Well, would it would have yeah, got out of the group? It would have been an interesting group because Australia and Ireland are much closer in quality. Yeah, and Peru might actually and Peru done might have yeah, won a match. <laughs> Well, the only nil-nil came because of Denmark, so, yeah. you know, maybe we should have done our yeah, duty. Yeah, have done our duty uh, Just one last thing on Roy Keane. There was a funny tweet earlier from Paul Howard. Uh, it was like, without doing or saying anything, Mick McCarthy's position in Saipan becomes about 5% more understandable every year. Yeah. It's amazing how, like, you would think that if, you know, as time passed, maybe you come back on the side with the players because as you get further away from 2002 World Cup where the Saipan incident happened, a lot of people had sympathy with uh, the team as a total. So Mick McCarthy's side, because they were still in the World Cup, they still had to do it. And you imagine as time passed that that the the sympathy for that team would have got less and less because people forget about the World Cup and the World Cups in the past. Yet the problems that Roy Keane highlighted were ongoing and you know justifiable in some cases. But it's, he just keeps sabotaging his own <laughs> long term <laughs> reputation, whether it's through the you know his second book, the Roddy Doyle, the Roy Keane autobiography, where he. Again, could have, you know, taken the high road with certain things and admitted he was wrong over, you know, various things that happened near the end of his career. And instead, no, he was, you know, 
badmouthing Alex Ferguson to the very end and then even this the past World Cup and, and when he was on ITV as a as a pundit do you remember when he was like yeah, you do a threatening row. Carlos Queros and about oh, his yeah. Man United time you know he was like you know to paraphrase again he was like it's amazing how he didn't come to blows with him that oh, was yeah, his kind yeah, of yeah. The, the, the tone he impl- implied with that, that his comments great. and then as you said Ian Rice, which is more like a bit like it was it was not it was more jokey think, yeah yeah but also I don't think that was really Roy Keane's fault because Roy Keane was trying to be realistic against people who didn't want to be realistic at the time you know they wanted to be optimistic about England's chances and then Ian and then Ian Wright resorted to make doing an impression of a Cork accent which you know is it's no mean feat but probably it was a decent attempt yeah but and they seem to get get on with it afterwards but like it's not helping his whole reputation, uh, like of being, you know, a nice guy. <laughs> no one thinks of nice guy, and they see Roy Keane. No one thinks like that. But uh, England then played on Saturday. Uh, yes, in a friendly against uh, Spain. In a Nations League match. Nations League match. Yes, Spain. to go back to go back to our earlier point, and the English players share this point. What is the Nations League, Declan? It's just a pretty simple. It's a pretty simple system. People are getting all up in arms of all. This doesn't make any sense. Explain it to us, then. But it's it's thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. You're wait. That's three seconds. No, I'm not. I'm not even gonna bother. The, I'm gonna give the listeners the respect that they know what the Nations League is. They watched it over the weekend. <laughs> you don't know what the Nations no, League. No, I do. It's the four divisions. The best is Division A, worst is Division D. They're split into four groups then, of teams of three. Yeah. And then they all play each other. And whoever wins from Group B, C, and D get promoted. Whoever comes last in A, B, and C gets relegated. And second stays where they are. What happens to the Group A that wins? Well, it, the teams that win in Group A, they, there'll be four groups. So or the A section. The yeah, the A teams. section 1, 2, 3, and 4. Whoever yeah. wins those, they go into a uh, semi-final where they play each other for a big trophy that yeah. they've decided to build. Yeah. Uh, whereas this makes no sense whereas, no it does in a cluttered calendar like this I don't know about you listeners but this week has been tough no but what would you <laughs> prefer it was all friendlies or just eliminate a section of friendlies and play and we have two weeks of football in August devoted to international tournaments that's qualifiers only how about that? And then we will yeah, get rid of one of the other units. They oh. were they were never going to scrap the fact that they play a September, October, or November international break. Instead, they came up with a whole new system to try and eliminate friendlies. <sighs> but they're still as friendlies. Yeah, but they everyone is playing a friendly in case sometimes teams but group, take, but group take D, times off friendlies. But Group D can take it very seriously because it's a place uh, Euro twenty twenty up for grabs that those teams otherwise would not get. Well, a playoff place. No, the if if the playoffs will happen in Group D. Yeah. So the winner, unlike in Group A where they play for a trophy, in Group D they play for a place in the oh. Euros, not for a playoff. Place. So it's just going to devalue the whole tournament, is what you're saying. Well, there'll be one team that Moldova. Moldova. Well, Luxembourg looked like they they've destroyed Moldova four 0 Oh, fair play to Luxembourg. Luxembourg, their first uh, win by Who more was, than one goal since. As a matter of interest in the Principality of Luxembourg, and please let us know, listeners, where are they getting their players from, and where do they train? I don't know, but they, Nick Ames uh, of The Guardian has been following them very closely. Yeah. He, he followed them on Twitter. I know people says, live in Luxembourg, and it's a very small place. Oh, it is, but it has a, <laughs> a large enough population. Yeah, the, tax the, haven, yeah. you know, it helps. Yeah, it All helps. the accountants firms are there. But it sounds like they're doing r- the right thing there. European Space Agency? Someone really random, some big organisation really random oh, in I Luxembourg. Tell you. Uh, but they, it was their first uh, big win in a long time. Yeah. Like this is, They look like they will be a team that should qualify for the Euros from the Nations League and they yeah. probably wouldn't in a group stage they, they probably wouldn't even get third in a group so they will get to they might get fourth or something when usually they come last yeah. 
So now they they have a good chance to qualify for the Euros. And at this point, the Euros has just become a, a good chance for teams to get tournament experience at this point. Oh, the Euros, Euros has been devalued, but... Like the Euros was never the the big shot tournament. Like it never was. It always like it was important when it was around, but then it would be forgotten quick enough afterwards. Like Euro two thousand, Euro ninety six, Euro. They were enjoyable tournaments, though. Yeah, great tournaments, like in their own right. But they're Euro two thousand not, they're not is very highly regarded. Yeah, but they're not World Cups. Yeah, and but now it's just it's become a joke. That's a reason why. So we're going to have a thirty two team Euros pretty soon. Yeah, I think it'll go. And that, that would be a four week tournament. It'll be something to watch over the summer. Oh, it'll be way too much, and they'll split out all the matches, and oh. But uh, back to England, it's their first. Come oh yeah, you want to talk about first, England? First loss at Wembley since Wally with the Brawley. Really? Has it been that long? Ten yeah. years? Yeah. Or eleven years? Uh, I think it, that includes just competitive matches. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, but eleven years. Well, <laughs> you're you're stretching the boat now. It's, with Spain. it's a competitive match. Okay, so Spain new manager Luis Enrique. He kind of kept things the boat keep, keeping on going. He brought yeah, they, in some few new players. Took out Jordi Alba, who <laughs> Jordi Alba paying the price for his comments after Luis yeah. Enrique left. I suppose. Yeah, probably. But also, you know, a few other David Silva, La, Iniesta. Iniesta's retired. PK's exactly. retired. Yeah, you know, there a lot of the old Barcelona and you no know, non Madrid core is gone now. Yeah, there was there. I think it was the least amount of Brazilian or Barcelona players rather in yeah. the Spain squad in a long time. And you imagine Enrique might change that up as time goes on because there is good players coming through at Barcelona and they're always you know being fed into that team. But yeah, it's it's more of an older guard and more of a traditional Spain Castilian Spain side. So they did enough to beat England, and they did. You know, there was adversity early on. England did take the lead. Yeah, the um, Marcus Rashford is a good ball by uh, Luke Shaw. Actually, yeah. that was a pretty nice pass. Yeah, and then Luke, Luke Shaw. Shaw concussion in the second half. Yeah, <laughs> Jose Mourinho wouldn't be happy about that. And also, speaking of Jose Mourinho, did you see him falling over the? I didn't see this. I oh, heard it's about very it. good. Was, he it, just... was it like when Arsene Menger fell over that time? No, it's worse because Arsene Menger is a bit more poised about himself. Jose Mourinho just kind of tried to. Go over, <laughs> tried to go over about a two foot tall uh, ribbon. What was he doing? I think he was in an airport because there was like, uh, let me help you, or maybe he was in a stadium. I couldn't be sure. Well, I he really was at Wembley on Saturday. Oh, so I didn't, I didn't research into it enough. I just saw the funny video and I, like, ah, <laughs> he fell over because you shouldn't really laugh at someone in their like fifties falling over. But then a, a big guy would say like, can I help you or something like that or let me help. It was written on the back of his obviously staff member. Just picked him up. <laughs> and it was kind of just funny there uh, thereafter it's but yeah just, Jose Mourinho's a small guy and then him trying to jump over a smaller rope and falling is kind of funny yeah it's a you know, slapstick humour is funny yeah, no matter yeah, what yeah, yeah. especially because it was Jose Mourinho not you know because he's just in at the moment everything he does seems to be either he can't do it right or it's just hilarious you know? yeah it always feels like Mourinho needs to take a break when it really is fine out yeah basically and then uh, finally in the international news is uh, Jose Peckerman has left Colombia is after Jose six years Jose or Jose where is he from um, is he Argentinian I think oh, he's then Argentinian Jose. then it would be Jose but yeah. I could be wrong on that uh, but he's he, he how was long has he been there now he's been there since 2012 so six yeah. years uh, he was not Argentina. Yeah, he was the Argentinian manager in 2006. Yeah, I remember he, he wouldn't on. put on Messi and I was just like looking at him. Like, it's like Messi's the best player in the world. No, know? well he wasn't at that well, point. he was but close he, to. But, but that Argentina team was pretty good. It could have done Messi. They did go out on penalties. Although yeah. Messi's terrible at penalties. Yeah, but he could have picked up a moment of magic in the, against Germany. No, they brought who did they bring on instead? They brought on someone hilarious and said... Maxi Rodriguez? No, it was he like Cambiasso or something oh, like that. Why would you react Cambiasso? Uh, 
But yeah, it was someone really funny. But uh, for Colombia, you brought them to a World Cup quarterfinal for the yep. first time in their history. They, they, they've actually been kind of disappointing. I thought they were disappointing at the last World Cup. Like they, they had well, Rodriguez. They shut down against England, which made no sense. That's the disappointing thing. And they did the same. They made the same mistake against Brazil in 2014. Yeah. Like they, they played very well in the group stages. It's clear. Like the players have a good understanding. They, they, they lost play. To England in a penalty. Yeah, that's pretty embarrassing. But like the play, like Rodriguez. Falcao, Falcao wasn't there in 2014 yeah. still, and uh, Quintero, like, they have a pretty good understanding. They play nice, attractive, yeah. attacking football, and then when they came it's up against... Most, you know, they have one of the biggest playing bases in South America, so yeah. they should be... Yeah, they should be... Doing well. They should be up there yeah. more often than they are. Like, and then when they played Brazil and when they played England, they just decided to get dirty. Yeah. Well, and go down to just yeah they were decided not really to play football and they were very like they were poor against England until England kind of freaked out when they yeah they, that it was goal. only when they actually started playing in like the last twenty minutes or whatever of extra they, time yeah no but even in the like after yeah the when minute, they brought they, on your man and he took a shot and it was a great save from Jordan Pickford and then they scored from the corner yeah the resulting corner there they a goal was coming like yep. they they were building up to it they don't so, need to be Derek Dyer really That's it'll be interesting to see you know what Colombia do after after this kind of bring in anyone else that can help improve I would not be optimistic yeah. about their chances in the like next four years unless they, well, they can manage to secure watch McCollum from Argentina uh, San Paoli San Paoli Maybe that's I think that they're... would fit you know because Bielsa obviously isn't available <laughs> he could do Leeds at Columbia at the same time that would, that would be amazing <laughs> I would love it if Bielsa went to Columbia while well, that would uh, be Leeds it would be something and <laughs> the then all the random Columbia players start showing up at Leeds like, <laughs> what's happens Rodriguez yeah why is Hamas Rodriguez Kudero off the right hand side no 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 Bielsa play, prefers if I play in goals <laughs> it's, it's better for the game it's better for the team and he's an amazing goal yeah right time so scorpion kick he can't take it can he he can't take it he just can't take it because without tactically and without witting him uh, you know what I mean he just can't cope can he like you know so now we are going to talk about uh, Paul Pogba the and dancing wizard he was he yeah he enjoyed uh, the World Cup celebrations of France uh, against the Netherlands at the week uh, yesterday so, Sunday so hot why did they do that? That team likes to, you know, just no, have a but why? party. Suddenly, they did not. Those guys do not have the power to decide that they're going to have Olivier a big Giroud party. Olivier Giroud wanted a party, and a party he will get. <laughs> Olivier Giroud, what a player. World Cup winner, Olivier Giroud. Did he, he didn't score. He scored at the weekend. No, but he didn't score in the final. He didn't score in the World Cup. Yeah, he didn't score at all. He scored, he scored really, a real goal against the Netherlands the weekend. Yeah, was... but it's against that basket case of a Netherlands team that yeah. you don't know whether they're... These guys could be really good, or they could be like... Who's their manager bad. now? Good question. <laughs> it's not your man. No, he's at Australia now. The the guy who brought them to the final in 2010. Oh, ba- ba- Van Marwick. Yeah. No, no, it's not him. Who, who? did they replace him with? It's well, they a- had Van Hal, so and then they had Danny Blind. Yeah, and he didn't last. And then Ronald Coleman. Is it Ronald Coleman? Is it Ronald Coleman? Help us out here, listeners. Yeah. Oh, is it Dick Advocat again? It's not Dick. It could not possibly be Dick Advocat again. Oh, it is Ronald Coleman. Yes, okay. Ronald Coleman. <laughs> well, uh, I would not have yeah, guessed but that. But anyway, they're best case of a team. They're bringing through all their young players. But they're still, you know, shoddy at the back. Their defence really doesn't know what it's doing. And I don't think they have that creativity that they once, well, that they usually have in midfield. I think they're going through a nice little early 80s phase in the Netherlands Dutch football where they're like, 
these guys are some talented players, but they're no good. Yeah, but then at the end of the 80s, they got to... Yeah, they yeah. won the Euro, Euro Did they win the Euro yeah, 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 they got... Uh, Van Basten. Mark. But that's because they got Rude Hall and Frank Reichardt and Van Basten at the perfect time. Is Memphis all... Depay the new Van Basten? Well, I wouldn't say so. He's doing well at the moment, but they came up against a French side. You know, usually these matches be closer. France do have a good record against the Netherlands, no matter what. The Netherlands have a very good record against reigning world champions. Why, who else did they? They hadn't lost in the last 10 matches against reigning world champions. Yeah, but okay, like so, but like, that goes back to what Germans, they hate the Germans, they're not going to lose against the Germans. Well, they played the and Germans in the Who won 2010? Spain. Spain. Yeah, they beat Netherlands in the final, that's not only, and then 2006 was Italy, Italy went through an absolute downward spiral after that World Cup victory. And but then anyway. France were a wreck, and they lost to France in Euro in Euro or yeah, they lost no, to they, France did in they Euro two thousand. Oh, Euro two thousand in the group really stages. Little, uh, I'm just thinking of matches between World Cup winners and, and the Netherlands. Netherlands. They've had a few. Uh, yeah, but, but anyway, to Paul Pogba, he's uh, was talking into the press before the match against Germany, talking about oh, you know, I'm not really sure about my future Manchester United. You yeah. know, and Luis Suarez as well has been talking about Paul Pogba, saying oh, it would be great to have him at the club. Yeah. Very reminiscent of this time last year when Lionel Messi and Luis Suarez again were talking about talking about Philip Coutinho. Yeah. And this has kind of been dubbed as a Coutinho style uh, assault on Paul Pogba. Well, I could see the the subtle similarities. That's where because didn't Man United get a bid from Barcelona? Yeah, it was like but they got an official official bid, so there was contact drawn up and obviously interest, official interest, not paper talk, not. Oh, he, they think they want this. This was official. And if Man United were in the mood, they could have sold him. Yeah. You know, it could have, or negotiations could have continued. So, it like this time last year, Coutinho should have gone to, like there was like, the bids had rocked it up to the 100 million mark. They did and, get a good price for him. Yeah. Again, and no. they're like, no, no, we're going to make a point and stand off. And they did. And they made that point and they held them onto him until January. And they, you know, played him in the Champions League. So got their money's worth out of him in that, in that regard. I think this is different as in it didn't accelerate to that point that quickly for Pogba. It hasn't accelerated to the point where official bids went through that were a, a realistic price. And, you know, the player wasn't like basically, oh, see you lads. Yeah, like I Paul Pogba played. Yeah, Paul Pogba hasn't gone to, you know, he by no way has it been made clear that he's leaving the club. But I think with comments like this, He's accelerating that. He's talk leaving now. the door open for sure. But he's but he's he's driven. It, we're in September now. There's no transfer window until January. Yeah, and he is doing this in September. He's making sure it's still. It's, are, yeah, the story is still it. going. Like, and if if that's the way it goes, he can make this a bigger deal than when did Coutinho eventually go? He went. To it was the, January. Yeah. No, but when in January? It was like late it was, on. No, remember? No, it was early in January. Oh, so remember the deal Nike, was done. Nike leaked it. Oh, that's why it had to happen. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, I vaguely remember that now. But like that could happen again. Like, I think Pogba is an Adidas. Yeah, athlete. I think he is. So maybe, you know, that won't happen again. Like, you know, uh, but he seems to be keep, if he wants to keep this going, like, no, by no means will this keep Mourinho happy. No, but it's it's so odd because, like, obviously Coutinho was, uh, he was putting in the performances for Liverpool previously to that. Like, he was the one that was, when Liverpool were struggling to take take down a, a team that was willing to just sit back and defend, like, Coutinho would come yeah, up with that Yeah, he was doing his job. He he was a leader on the pitch in a way. Uh, leadership qualities are different. Yeah, Coutinho okay. is not a come on lads, let's do this. He's not. He's a but he he he'll he, do he a, did it he'll, with the ball. He'll do special things, and that's his game. Yeah, Coutinho. Paul Pogba's not Coutinho. He but, plays a completely different game, and if the system. 
the system Liverpool had and do continue to have benefits perfectly a player like Philip Coutinho and it does not like the Man United system does not benefit a player like Paul Pogba but it's, it's interesting as well because Paul Pogba at Man United hasn't really like he, he he's a good player for Man United he's one of the better players for Man United in this shambles of a season that's already been yeah. <laughs> four games in they've already lost two games pretty pathetically but and, and Pogba is not to blame for either either well, of those defeats. No, he's not to blame. He's like not, if you take out Paul Pogba and put in Juan Mata or whatever, yeah, they don't the all of a sudden win those matches. Yeah, yeah. but except it's, for the first match of the season. Yeah, but <laughs> he scored that penalty. He did score that penalty. But I mean for the two defeats. Yeah, but then Coutinho was never really talking up Barcelona. Like he was, he was willing no. to. He didn't play for Liverpool, of course. Those two or three games with a what was said to be an injury but yeah. it just seemed like it was just get him out of the team while this is well yeah this, we don't talk get him injured if we're going yeah. to sell him you know so because so, obviously Coutinho continued to play well and yeah. didn't talk about it much so he just got on with his job yeah, whereas Pogba is fueling this fire so yeah. he does have to back it up on the pitch more yeah. than Coutinho did well like I think Coutinho was in a better position because it was more likely you know Coutinho had didn't have the it was likely Coutinho was going to leave the club in that he was not the club's record signing. He was not the linchpin of their squad. Which Paul Pogba, even if he isn't the most important player for Man United, he was purchased with the, 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 the team revolves around design. Him, really. Yeah, but he was because it, it's meant to be. He was he was bought for the purpose of the team being built he was around a world, him. world record uh, bid yeah, at the time. Yeah, and you know he's won a World Cup since. You know, so he's he's done. You know, he hasn't done it on the pitch so much for Manchester United, but he's done it for France, and he's proven he can do it in big matches as he did in France. As he did with France, in the he world scored Cup. in the World Cup yeah, final. Like. Exactly, so like he is unquestionably a top class, world world class player, world level player. So he, you know, but how necessary is like? Do you think Man United like? How much is Paul Pogba? How much would he cost Barcelona at this point? And how would he even fit in at Barcelona? They bought Arturo Vidal. Yeah, but Arturo Vidal is injury prone. He's not older than Paul Pogba. Like they played not... together before Juventus, but I don't know. Yeah, where, they did. With Coutinho in the side as well. Well, like Paul Pogba, like it depends on how you want to play the game. Like I, people say, oh, Paul Pogba should play the left, left or right hand side of a three in midfield, and have like I don't necessarily think that has to be the way. I think Paul Pogba would be an old style, traditional box to box midfielder with not too much defensive responsibility but driving from deep in midfield because that's what he kind of did at times for Juventus he used to play alongside Pirlo and you know they weren't always three in, in centre midfield like Marquisha wasn't always there and sometimes it was just Pogba and Pirlo and Pirlo would do the skillful things and would be the timing and then you know he would he would snuff out to, like attacking moves for the other team without being without making a tackle he yeah. would do it just from like knowing the game reading the game and then Pogba would do the running for him and I don't think there's any reason at all why you couldn't have, you know, a Coutinho and Pogba in that kind of deep line midfield role and then even have a Arturo Vidal or a Rakitic in front of them. If they want to, if Rakitic in his, in his advancing age is becoming less of that driving force. He could be more like Yeah, or even he could be at a higher level at a more advanced number 10 role. Yeah. Then he's played, like he plays more of an eight or he plays a six sometimes for Barcelona. But he can, obviously, he used to do it at, at Sevilla. He can play that 10 role very well, and he's done it for Croatia as well. So there, there is room for him in Barcelona. I think Barcelona will be greatly improved by having Pogba, and I think Pogba's career, at the moment, he looks now... You look at Paul Pogba, he let, when is, this is his third season? Third season, yeah. Third season has just started now, and you look at him as a world record fee at the time. 
And he could have gone to Real Madrid and won two Champions Leagues in that time. He could have gone and stayed at Juventus and probably at least challenged for the Champions League. That they season. got to a final they the got season to a final. left. And he could be with Ronaldo right now at Juventus and probably the captain of that side. There was talk of uh, Juventus coming back in for him. Yeah. Which would but be that was the funny. talk last week and this is what I want to say to you. That was the talk last week and it's like this is a weird time for this talk to come out that he wants to go back to Juventus. So obviously that was coming from somebody. Mino Raiola or whoever. Yeah, is this is this the case of Man United starting to feel the consequences of getting into bed with Mino Raiola? Yeah, but United are well used to doing this. Like they no, did, but, it, they were always in bed with Jorge Mendes' players. Yeah, but and that's a bad Mino, idea Mino, as well. Mino Raiola is just the uh, he he will talk more than Mendes does. Yeah, he will get involved and like he will make things personal. Like you you've heard the story of what Sir Alex Ferguson has to say. Yeah, about like Mino he Raiola. does not like Mino Raiola. Yeah, that's, that's needless to say, but that's. He's doing his job for his clients, and he's you know that's a nice benefit for himself. He's getting a nice cut of the. He's getting a huge amount of money. Yeah, sometimes. but that's his clients are making a huge amount of money, and they're you know, working to the, the clubs. Work that he's, he's doing. Yeah, but that's what they're worth to the clubs, and it's fair enough. They can get it's a short career, and they should make as much money as they can. And the agents as their helpers, if they're make if their agents are getting them a lot of money, which Minoraiola, like whatever you want to say about him, taking a big cut of the fees. He's making his players immense amounts of money. Oh, yeah, he's good at his job. Fees. I'm not going to say he isn't. Yeah, and in wages and everything like that. So he he does well at his job. But they've got... It was... Zlatan was obviously a Minoriola player, yeah. player who was left. But they got... Uh, Lukaku was one as yeah. well. We all heard how much he talked when he was trying to leave yeah. Everton as well. Yeah. Um, well, it's, a, it's absolutely a tactic from Raiola. But if that's what it takes... Because at the moment... Like, I think it's clever from Paul Pogba's position because he'll probably... He'll say this now in international break. We'll go back into the weekend coming. Man United are playing... Uh, Watford. Watford at the weekend. You know, top of the league, Watford. And, you know, you know, United would still be favourites going into that. But if, you know, all he needs... All that needs to happen is Mourinho to get rubbed up the wrong way by a journalist. And he could unleash hell on Pogba and these comments. Because it's like... Pogba's leaving himself open to a huge, you know, give a headshot. Like, this, have a go at me now, Mourinho. And if Mourinho takes the bait and has a go at Pogba, Pogba's going to be absolutely justified. I have to leave this club. It's an unsustainable situation. And if he does this more and more, like, this seems to be building towards he wants to move in January. He wants to force a move in January. Because if it wasn't, he'd, he'd take the season and then but in the summer do this. How disastrous would it be for Mourinho if he left? So, like how much, like that's the thing. Like, it depends how, on what they get. Long, they get money for it. Yeah, it depends what your long term goal is. I don't think Pogba fits in Mourinho's system. But then, how? Like who lasts longer, Mourinho or Pogba? That's, that was that's, the question at the end of the season. That is the you, big question. And you would say Pogba back then. But if Pogba forces a move in, maybe Mourinho will last longer. Yeah, but like, what would Man United do? Like, who who would Mourinho sign with them? Like Pogba, hypothetically, Pogba goes through one hundred and fifty million, like similar Coutinho money, a bit more maybe. But no, he's not going to go for Neymar money. That's not going to happen. Yeah, no, no one was going for that for a while. No, you'd have to be like a Ronaldo, Neymar, Messi level player for it to, to happen. You have to be scoring a lot of goals, which Pogba isn't. And he's not in form at the moment. And he doesn't look to be in world-class form by the time Christmas comes around. So who would Mourinho sign in his absence? There's Mourinho likes, if we list out the type of player Mourinho wants, Mourinho likes pros who are willing to work, have good experience in their late 20s, and you know, often with a point to prove. Ivan Perisic. He just brings in Ivan Perisic at last. Ivan Perisic could be a player, and he's like 30, 31. Yeah, I think he just turned 30 recently. Yeah, you have like. You don't. Like, Perisic is good and everything like that, but then Perisic. Mourinho talked about Perisic in the World Cup, but he isn't 
he isn't a deep lying midfielder. He couldn't play no. the positions Pogba play. He would be another one of the left hand sided attackers yeah, with Rashford and Martial and Sanchez. But then that's that's the twist really. Well I don't know what you call it a twist, but then that's that's the way the story's going is that Martial is about to sign a new five year contract because he thinks he can outlast Mourinho. Yeah. I wouldn't blame him. If he thinks like Martial, if I'm Martial, okay. Manchester United is one of the biggest clubs in the world. They're in the Champions League. The manager hates me. I'm still young. I'm on one of the biggest wages. I won't get a wage like this in France. The only person who gets paid more than me in France is at Paris Saint-Germain. And it's not going to be me who gets it if I go there. I, Germany, I probably wouldn't get into a Bayern team. I'm not going to get into the big two in, in Spain. Juventus maybe would go after well, I could you. see Bayern going for him just in the sense that Ribéry is kind of getting old. Yeah, maybe. So maybe there's a spot opening for Yeah, him but there. he wouldn't get paid what he gets paid yeah, probably not. at Man United at, at Bayern. And the same with Juve, and he wouldn't go to the other big clubs as, as we mentioned. So why would he... He won't sidestep into another English club necessarily unless, his, unless the situation becomes untenable. So he's just there. He's stuck right there right now. Okay, okay. I've got me, I've got Marcus Rashford. We're both going to... Say if we make a deal, we're both going to stay. In two years' time, we could be a strike partnership, and we could be lighting up this whole place. But like, it's never good when a player is signing a contract because he thinks he can outlast yeah. the manager. But uh, I think, like, it's so bad to say. I mean, I don't want to get back into Man United talk, but like, they they are they look to be setting themselves up for another stage of transition after the Mourinho departure. Did you hear the story about Zinedine Zidane this week that he's what? willing to come back to football as a coach pretty soon? Oh really? Yeah, he's putting the feelers out. Yeah, he's putting the feelers out because uh, that seems to be the the bookies' favorite anyway to replace Mourinho. How's it? So I would worry about Zidane's English. He would have the absolute awe there. Yeah, but he'd have Pogba there and he'd have Martial there, yeah, who apparently idolise him. Yeah, but everyone, everyone of a certain age who watches the damn play idolises them. Yeah, Anyone spe- especially even... Fra- French people. Yeah, yeah, especially French people. But then, like, if you're even old enough to remember 2006 World Cup, you see this old guy who you're told is fantastic. Yeah, and then suddenly switch on so and take France good. to the World Cup final and score a penalty off the crossbar in the World Cup final. Against and then, Gianluigi Buffon. And then Gigi Buffon. And then get sent off for <laughs> headbutting a guy like and walking off next to the World Cup. Like, this guy's a legend. Yeah, that was pretty and good then he one. goes into coaching and he is a system manager for Champions League win. Oh, yeah. And, a, and for a league title win. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, that was... Which they hadn't won previously by them. It was 12 years since they'd won the Champions League. At that yeah. Point. You know, they like this guy, we like added to the squad the same squad that from the previous year that couldn't do it and this guy helped Car- with Carlo Ancelotti obviously Carlo Ancelotti takes a big credit for that and then okay Rafa gets the job then Rafa gets sacked because the people don't like him it's not because they're Rafa, doing yeah. because they're not doing that badly but the people just don't like him and they go on and win three consecutive Champions Leagues <laughs> yeah you know uh, they don't do well in the league but we were saying this all last season and we turned out to be right that Zizan would be sacked or would leave the club by the end of the season, but then like they did what they had to do. He was like, "Okay, the league's gone. Barcelona went on a near unbeaten season, so like, okay, that's gone. Let's focus on the Champions League." And they did it. Yeah, they won. So if Man United wants, like, I I still don't know what Zidane's like ethos yeah, is. Yeah, he'd in be football. so interesting at Man United because no one knows what he's thinking. Yeah, it's, yeah, it'd just like, be like this. It'd be like he's. It'd, well, it'd you, almost be like him starting like, uh, as a manager for the first time. Well, yeah, in a way, we'd yeah, be learning. You, he'd finally be actually learning. Like, yeah, you get a, to. Was it a fluke at Real Madrid, or well, was it a certain a cir- was it certain circumstances? Yeah, that yeah came Ronaldo and Modric and that Kroos. just created the most perfect storm. Yeah. or is Zidane actually the greatest coach of all time? You could well be like, but and. <laughs> You know, he'll have better views over transfers, you know, like this is his player, this is his player and you know, he won't be he won't be what's the word, shoehorned, he won't be 
milestone millstone with the likes of having a Ronaldo in well, your you squad see, uh, the... undroppable players because that doesn't exist in Manchester United but you could you... have anybody and drop them all yeah Pogba has been dropped in yeah. he's the one that you would but there's no consider. like there's no one near the level of Tony no offence to anybody in United oh players. yeah this seems Fellaini obvious. is not Tony Kroos you know Mata is Maybe, not Luka Modric uh, <laughs> Fellaini Luke, is pretty close to Tony Kroos Romelu Lukaku is the talented player I like him a lot he is not Cristiano Ronaldo he's not even Karim Benzema for his lack of goal scoring like I wouldn't fancy Romelu Lukaku to score any of the goals he flukily scored in the semis of final last <laughs> you mean he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't escape uh, Lars Karius' slight yeah, side <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> poor Lars Karius like I wonder if he did go blind for a minute but anyway it would be very but, interesting but if how does to... how was Zidane coming in change Paul Pogba's situation right? oh know. change it immensely it... suddenly Paul Pogba would be like okay you're number 10 now Paul Pogba and like I've never played number 10 boss you're number 10 have you seen the the videos of Zidane last of last season or was it the season before of him you know they, they film behind the scenes at Real Madrid at matches and what was just matches. in the change it was in the final maybe against Juventus yeah I saw this against Juventus yeah and they're like his halftime theme talk was just like just clapped his hands but... no it's like he took it very calmly he was like you move a bit more back you move a bit more forward we have this and he was like, "We, I, he, he exuded confidence. Yeah, he did not get cross. He did not get angry. He did not, you know, have the hair dryer going. But at the same time, he wasn't panicking. He wasn't like uh, if you saw Pep Guardiola in the whatever that was called, being Manchester. Yeah, <laughs> it was documentary. Like being, on the documentary Amazon. on Amazon about Manchester City at a halftime team talk went absolutely ballistic." Sit down, 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 sit down. Shut up, everyone shut up, everyone shut up. Bobby and Dell, shut up. Yeah. And then he was like, drink water. Don't do any, like, and the players were like, all taken aback. They're all up on their tense. hind legs, you know, trying to like, okay. And then he was like, drink water. And he's like, okay, what are we meant to be feeling right now? And Zidane is like, we're in a final. You guys have got to the final. You know what you're doing. Take some rest. Total trust. Get the physio come around and like rub the legs or whatever has to be done. Have some water, have some juice, have whatever you need to get a bit more electrolytes back into you. And we are going to make little tweaks and we're going to beat these guys because he knows how to beat them. Now, I would fancy Zidane to go back to Juventus more because he is more in touch with yeah, that club. Yeah, there, there were rumours still of uh, him taking a, a, a technical a position, lead role yeah. Yeah, and be like director of football with Nedved or something up up there and Nedved get a promotion in the Juventus organisation and you know he'd be reunited with Ronaldo and like, he seemed to always have a good working relationship with Ronaldo yeah like he'd drop him at times there's, and there's, he was able to drop him because yeah. he was Zidane there was a trust there that yeah. Ronaldo hasn't really had with anyone since yeah. Ferguson really well yeah was this, uh, well I don't know if a trust was the word but we didn't hear any real, a respect yeah well more that Zidane knew he couldn't or Ronaldo knew he couldn't badmouth Zidane because he's this guy's won everything he could possibly won and he's won three Champions Leagues. Although he hadn't at the time, but yeah, you know. At least two. Yeah, at least he, if he got through the first season, like he didn't do any, like Zidane didn't cross Ronaldo in that first season. They won the Champions League and that gave Ronaldo, or that gave Zidane a fair bit of capital. Yeah. But if you were Pogba at Man United, I think Zidane would go, you're staying here. And Pogba would yes boss. Yeah. And I'm going to make you number 10. I, lo- I just love to see you in the Premier League. That would just be... Like it would be very interesting if he brings, cause he, like, it's a very different style of football than he's played for the last 20 years. He was at Juventus from like 97 till 2001 and then Real Madrid since basically as a player and then a coach. Like that's a lot different football than English football. I know they've they've homogenized a fair degree since. So there'll be a bit of a learning experience. And I don't know how knowledgeable Zidane is of world football and tactical change. 
like he seems to get a grasp of things quickly and he obviously has one the motivational powers and like he gets respect and he can clearly he has some tactical mouse because you know people say anyone could win the champ- like not everyone can win the Champions League you do get cases where bad managers will win a Champions League trophy you have Roberto Di Matteo you have like name me another manager who's won a Champions League out of the blue uh, there hasn't been one in a while who was uh I can't, I can't, it's all been like Mourinho, Guardiola, Ferguson, uh, Pankes. Yeah, they're not bad managers. Yeah, but you have, exactly. You have, you have certainly, the, the you know, whoever won it for. Who was the Dora manager in 97? He won it for Bayern Munich afterwards, what was his name? I can't remember. He was the manager in, he's, he's sw- not a bad he's manager. He's manager now, or Egypt manager, or he was one of them. So what you're saying is he's not a bad manager. No, he's yeah, not a bad exactly. manager, but the, the, it can happen. It's happened a lot more in the past when it was, you know, it, it, when it was a smaller competition. When it was the European when, Cup. When it was European Cup and it was only the League Champions and you could get further in it. But, you know, Di Matteo did win the Champions League. <laughs> we can always go back to Di Matteo. Yeah, Roberto Di Matteo did win a Champions League and, you know, anyone can do it if Roberto Di Matteo can do it. And that was the thing. Ozidane could do it as well because he just took over a team that could already have won the Champions League. So in the other... Yeah, it is. It's a blank slate. Paul Pogba, his haircuts continue. Still set up quite interesting with the active back. It was almost like a 4-2-1-3-1. It was was quite an interesting formation. We're going to look ahead now to the uh, Premier League fixtures. Uh, finally the Premier League but I'm, I'm looking forward to Premier League oh, it's matches it's been a long long two I, weeks I've watched very little of the international stuff and it's I, been I've tough not, like. I've nothing against international football it's just back too soon USA against Brazil you know that was not a good match Canada beat the American Virgin Islands 8-0 yeah you know fair play to Canada <laughs> you know there was they, women's got a football. World Cup to host Arsenal so. beat Liverpool Arsenal ladies beat Liverpool ladies 5-0 that was decent the Manchester ladies won 12-0 against the Aston Villa ladies yeah, Man United really bought success in that tournament. Yeah, they kind of Their did. first year of existence, they bought their whole team. Quite literally bought it's success. Still, uh, <laughs> it's still... They um, had nobody before this. So it, Their 12 is still better than uh, the men's team has ever done. Their best victory is 10 now, I think I saw. What a disappointment. Yeah, exactly. Sir Alex Ferguson really wasn't up to much. Yeah. He's not up to much. Not beating Crystal Palace 12 uh, So yeah, the, the 12 o'clock, 12.30 kickoff. Uh, Saturday's a good one to bring us back. Tottenham against Liverpool. Now, last season, this fixture at this point of the season was at Wembley. This one, this one will be at this Wembley. This is at Wembley as well. This was supposed to be the Did- opening of White Hart Lane. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we're laughing at that. They're like, they're working hard to finish the stadium. It's, it's not your, funny at all. It's just the way you laughed. <laughs> uh, but last year, it was, uh, if you remember, Dejan Lovren and Simon Mingile. And Dejan Lovren got the majority of the stick. Yeah, he got taken off before after. Yeah, because it was bad. But in my opinion... It was real bad. It was Simon Mingile... And that was the beginning it was a team effort. It was a team two. effort, but that was the beginning of the end for Simon Mingale as first choice keeper at Liverpool. Yeah, like, Karius was came in, in yeah. after that. And I think, obviously, Klopp saw it as well that it was very bad from Simon Mingale. He was out, caught out a few times. Lovren is liable for a mistake, but if you put a bad keeper behind him, it's it's like suicidal almost at times but, for defense, but defensive purposes. 12 months on now, Liverpool have won four games out of four. Yeah. Like, Matib is there back after injury for a lot of last season. They've only conceded one Van goal Dijk. and it yeah. was a bit of a, like, just a complete disaster of a yeah, goal. Yeah, it was That's... a mistake from the keeper and now yeah. the keeper has a point to prove and he probably will not take any risks in this match. I think Liverpool, because of how badly that match went last season against Spurs... Oh, they'll want to win this. They'll want to win it. And Spurs will be, I think, 
I think Spurs, this is possibly the best time of the season to be placed. Yeah, Spurs, they've won most of them. Obviously, they lost to Watford before the international break. Yeah, but they beat Manchester they beat United. Man United. They ground Playing out. terribly. Yeah, that's the thing, though. They've been terrible, really. Yeah. And they've ground out victories, except for against Watford. Yeah. So, this is a good time to play them, because Liverpool could just kill Tottenham, really. Yeah. Yeah, and it's that would be... Because uh, Jelly Alley has been taken out of the England squad, I think, through injury. Yeah. Harry Kane, he looks so tired. Yeah. I can't believe he's playing for England. Like, really, he should be rested. Gareth well, Southgate they don't have Danny Welbeck, you know? <laughs> he came on. I know, that's what I mean. If but, that's what you're... That is England's all But Marcus Rashford's started. He scored. Yeah, but he's... he's... Yeah. He yeah, you'd rather not no, but wreck not, Harry Kane. Same anymore. same as as Danny Welbeck as Marcus Rashford. You have they are not playing up front for their clubs. Why should they be playing up front for their? Clubs? Yeah, but do they need when to you're play Harry Kane? Really? No, but they could get somebody else who plays up front and do it for these. Have a utility option, and I know that's what basically Rashford and Danny Welbeck are being used as. Peter Crouch. Well, Peter Crouch, the main Defoe was still playing. You know, is he? Yeah, he's at Bournemouth. I don't know was he playing. He is, he is. He's played this season. But no, I'm just making a comment that, you know, there is other options there. Like, Jamie Verdi's obviously retired from international football. He's focused on his club career now. He probably would have played these matches. You need a good old Ricky Lambert. Yeah, Ricky Lambert's still going, isn't he? No, he's not. He's retired. retired Uh, What about Carlton Cole or Andy Carroll? Andy Carroll could work, you know. Ashley Burns or one of the (laughs) the other Burnley strikers. Yeah, yeah, get one of the big lads up against Spain. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think I don't think uh, Kane should have played these matches for his club career. Like for England, it was obviously the best choice possible for him to play. Yeah, yeah he's you the know, best he's, English. Yeah, he's their captain. He's the best player they have. But it's going to hurt him for Spurs because Liverpool are going to just be pressing on him all the time. And if they can cut off the supply before him, which has been a bit of an issue for Spurs this season, if you do kind of shut down Eriksson, they're not creating a great deal. Like Ericsson's been good to get away from players this season, but you know you'd have to imagine also the summer and everything will catch up with him. But as well. he he's also not had the best international no. break. He played very well against Wales, but it was there's so much confusion. Like that was a complete not fire that was going on yeah. with Denmark as we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Like that's not going to be good for his mentality. No, really. no. it is. And maybe well then maybe coming back to Spurs would be feel like a break from that. Yeah, it's like oh this is what a good so, system looks like. Yeah, this is what you know it's not. Wacky. This is what organization is. Yeah. But no, I definitely fancy Liverpool to win a win. Yeah. Uh, then the three o'clock kickoff, Chelsea host Cardiff. Poor Cardiff. Cardiff, again. yeah. Like uh, against Arsenal, they had a lot they of scores. They scored a couple of goals, and they had other chances as well that they could have, they could have done. But that's against that shoddy Arsenal defense. Yeah, it's, it's getting to a point where if you can see it against Cardiff, maybe start to look at what your defense is doing. Yeah, Chelsea are still on that roll. Like they, it'll probably benefit them having these couple of weeks having with um. Sorry. Sorry, having a couple of weeks to work a bit more with the shape of the team. To try to figure out Neil Warnock's uh, <laughs> No, game. but I think, you see, that's... Sarri is a is a manager. I know they're like, oh, he's like Pep Guardiola, but I think Sarri's a lot more of a... Less of a reactive manager. He is definitely more manager. This is the way we're oh, playing. Oh, he's very much stuck in his way. Yeah, it's this like is the way we're he's... playing, and the other teams can play whatever way they want, but we're going to keep playing definitely. this way. And... I think that's what he would have been working on the last couple of weeks. Either figuring out the, like what his players can do and the players who weren't on international duty, which I acknowledge is not a huge amount, but they would have definitely been working on. Okay, this is this is the standard way we're going to play, and he'll probably have used it for more preseason. Cardiff, on the other hand, don't have the you know the negative of having a lot of players gone for international Harry duty. Archer. Harry Archer is at home in Cardiff, you know, working hard in the training field. I think Neil Warnock is. 
possibly a few weeks away from getting the sack at Cardiff. Big Sam like, coming in. Yeah, maybe someone like Big Sam coming in. Oh God, that's. I think it's a couple of weeks away because surely they've not been awful, but they've shown nothing. They've shown nothing. They've shown nothing to make me think that they can stay up in this league. And uh, this this might sound very harsh because it's still only very four games into the season. But Derby County, anyone? Can they can they do worse than Derby County back in the day? What was it? Twelve oh, points. Yeah, yeah. They, they'll do better than that because will they? I think there's there's an, the, Derby picked out a couple points. In the times Derby season. and Sunderland and the worst teams that have ever performed in, in the Premier League and it was a Carlisle way back when. Um. They had the disadvantage of there being about 19 better teams in the league than them. And while there is obviously going to be 19 uh, teams better than There's about 17 Cardiff, teams that are way better than Cardiff though. Is there though? Is there ones that are going to absolutely demolish them every week? Yeah, well, just pick up one of the wins. They won't be losing like the way Derby I think lost. they can get a random win against Crystal Palace or against Maybe, yeah. Newcastle. Or... 20 points. Yeah, I think this so. might this might sound very harsh, but I just don't well, that's if things don't get changed. Like if Big Sam comes in, I could see them challenging to stay up or someone it'd, like of it'd that. It'd be ilk. impressive if, if Big Sam took the lead. But I imagine Cardiff will do that thing that a lot of small teams do in these situations. Is, is okay. We had we had Chris Warnock. We had the the Sam Allardyce light. Let's go for something completely different. Like let's go from C. Bruce to Marco Silva. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Yeah. Do you remember that? That was good. That was good. From Mal- Malky McCoy, was it? That got sacked? Yeah, that's what it was. That was, that was a glorious season. Um, yeah, so no no harm to Cardiff, but I just... not because It's not just because of Neil Warren, because there's a lot of reasons there. They do not have a striker that can score. I know they scored two against Arsenal. But, yeah, but that's like that's worrying for Arsenal. Yeah, they, they don't have enough goals in the team at all. They don't have enough solidity in defensive midfield, and their defence is slow and championship-esque. And for that, for those reasons, they're 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 not going to do well in this match. Uh, then Man City against Fulham should be entertaining if a little one sided. I yeah, I think Man City will be comfortably in this. I don't see Fulham putting up much. I think it'll be four one. It'll be something one, but it'll be yeah. a big win. Man City have to kind of win again because you know they can't. They need to catch up with Liverpool. Well, no, they can't. They do technically. They do need to catch up with Liverpool. But the match against Wolves against another promoted side, they can't let that reoccur. They need to like put put this in the bud. Okay, they are at home this time in the very least. Yeah, but still, they should have beaten Wolves, and they shouldn't have been as stretched as they were against Wolves. Well, it, Wolves haven't lost at home in a long time either. No, but still, they're a promoted side, and you're against the the team who has the record points total. You know, you should be swatting these teams aside if you want to be. And Man City do want to be. They want to be. Oh, we're going to be the team that's going to. This is challenge. our era. Yeah, they, we're going to challenge on all four fronts this season and try to win all four trophies and make a realistic go at it. And then with Fulham, it's like they just, they're not, they just don't have that defence. Like, they look like they'll they leak what? goals. Callum Chambers? <laughs> yeah, Callum Chambers. Callum uh, Chambers. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, they, like, Seri's a very good signing, obviously, since Barcelona and Chelsea. He's been fantastic, United, yeah. Everyone and like, wanted him. And Fulham, going forward, have been very good. Like, they... Mitrovic, what a player. Yeah, Mitrovic is three, four goals already yep. this season. Like, he's been very good. Like, there were concerns when he didn't score in the first couple of games that he might not translate the championship form to the Premier League yeah. he's, he's picked up form now in yeah. the last few, or last few games as you mentioned Sarri scored an absolute great yeah. goal against Burnley and he's a solid player you can tell he gets around he's acclimatising to the speed of England so he's not at his top level yet but he's still playing quite yeah, well yeah but he like, can see a bit of Kante about him that he can like really like he's coming from French League okay he has to adjust his pace of the game but he is 
a phenomenal athlete and he does have an eye for a pass the way he can't do it. Like the right pass. Doesn't make it spectacular. Yeah. But does it right. Like like I said, I think I think Fulham can get a goal out of this game just because I think going forward they're yeah. quite good. Like it'll be kinda of like the Tottenham match, except Man City will be a lot better than Tottenham were yeah. and it won't be a much as much of a struggle. Yeah. Like I can see them going two 0 up in the first fifteen minutes yeah. or whatever and then conceding a goal late in the match yeah. or whatever Pep- when they're when they're mental. Yeah. Guys, guys, guys. Uh, and the final th- three o'clock kickoff though we're going to talk about Newcastle against Arsenal. Poor Newcastle. Newcastle cannot uh, escape the the top six sides. Yeah. As we said with Surrey, uh I'd say Unai Emery has used the last two weeks quite valuably as a kind of how would you say another mini preseason? Yeah, and get probably drill his players a lot more. He had he's had Ozil, he's had Genduzi, he's had more players. He's there, had Mustafi, yeah. he's had I don't know what Socrates. I presume he was away with Greece. I didn't actually check, but you know of his starting defenders like maybe Berlino. Did Lacazette even go with France? I don't know because he wasn't at the World Cup. No, probably not. Like so, a lot of these players would have been available for the for the last two weeks of training so it would have been a very valuable two weeks yeah and if he's drilled them and got them more into it I think Newcastle could be in trouble yeah but then you think Kieran about Clark. that you think, yeah, Kieran Clark. you think about that two, he's not had a good two weeks Kieran Clark. It's, yeah he, when does he have a good two weeks no. but you, you think about that Cardiff match and Arsenal going forward were quite good obviously they yeah. scored three goals but they conceded two yeah and like well does, one of those like, from set plays playing? and stuff yeah but Petacek also should have conceded one against yeah. Harry Erder as well so but does Petacek continue to play? Does Bernard well, Leno finally I come would, in? I would think like if you're going to give the guy a chance, maybe they're waiting for the League Cup to start up and they're going to give your man a chance. Yeah, that's the that. It's Tuesday next week. week. Yeah, it's it's week Champions after. League after this uh, weekend yeah. and then it's League Cup, I think, the weekend. The yeah, week after so that. maybe you're looking at them and you're like, well, can they do it? Yeah, who did Arsenal even draw? Oh, who knows? Preston? Someone. Preston just seemed like an ideal... Okay, we'll just say Preston. Yeah, we'll just say Who Preston. knows we'll who just... they drew. But no, I think Newcastle are going to, again, struggle and then it's going to fuel... Remember that hypothetical we had a few weeks ago about Big Rafa getting sacked? Oh, I, I, I refuse to... No, I do as well, but I think if, if... How many matches would that be? That would be five matches without yeah. a win in the league consecutively. And really... You have to they look haven't at the shown a great well, deal. Oh. I know you do have to absolutely have to have to look at the fixtures, but then you look at the team and you're like, I remember seeing a, a thing of net spend between Cardiff, Fulham. I think it was all the promoted sides and Newcastle since last year. I think Newcastle have a net spend of one million pounds compared to their income of hundreds of oh. millions in that time with all the TV money of the two seasons. Like, what new poor Newcastle. I just I feel for them every time I watch them play these matches and they don't get the points I'm just like ah oh. they're not do- like Dubrovnik is that Dubrov- Dubrovka Dubrovka Dubrovnik's a city in Croatia yeah know, close Poland help me out here I've, yeah. I've lost my geography I apologise but you know he's doing well as a sign the sells back in the team yeah, the Kieran players, Clark hasn't been playing that badly for Newcastle anyway. yeah. the, the, the players they have brought in while cheap they've, they've, they've found a couple bargains for them yeah. Dubrovka being the most obvious yeah so I I hope I can't remember who they play after this, but hopefully they they start playing Same some actual yeah, mid table teams and yeah, start picking know. up some points. Because uh, I I think they can't get a draw out of this though. Yeah, I think it's possible. I, I, don't, I, think, I, don't, I don't see them win. Yeah, I'd say two 0 victory to Arsenal. I'm going to go two one. Oh, that they're going to actually score. What's yeah, Yedlin? Yedlin just be that annoying. Guess Arsenal's defense. Yeah, I'm going to go with Newcastle to score. And then the evening match on Saturday, Watford against Man United. The one team doing spectacularly top of the league, top clash. of the league. Well, not top of the league clash. Man United are mid table. Oh, okay, top versus mid table. Watford. Yeah. 
the mighty Watford. And actually, the last time these met uh, at Vicarage Road, it was actually kind of entertaining. Finished four really? two. It was one of my eyes more entertaining matches. They were, they were yeah. Right. I think entertainment with Chelsea Mourinho isn't. It, it, it's yeah. not traditional entertainment. It was. There were a couple of nice goals. Ashley Young uh, getting booed by the fans. Yeah. Well, he brought the club at like twelve million pounds, which was a lot of money at yeah. the time. It was an odd one, but he scored two goals that, that yeah. match. So it's it's the gross. random, most random Ashley goal. He scored Grace. a free kick, and it was like, what? I've never seen Ashley Young score a free kick before. Or after oh, he's that. done it. He's done it before. He's done it for Villa. He did it for Watford. And then he back, scored this then. most of the most random. I remember watching it and seeing him shoot with the ball and thinking that's it, the side netting. Yeah. And I think the commentators thought the same. And then, all, and then all of a sudden Ashfield goes off celebrating what a goal from Ashfield so, uh, do you see six goals coming in this match no but this of them of Man United's matches so far this season this is the one I'm most fancying them to win because really? again Watford not that they've been terrible or bad or like not worth their the top Leicester, of the league they're being dubbed. I don't I don't see the sustainability in there and but it's only been maybe Man United years. can't do it but they are at home and it is an evening match and the weather could be horrific which all could play to Watford's hands against you know the technically more more skillful side, but no, I'd still say Man United would be favourites to win this one. I'm not sure about that. I I just can't ever put faith yeah. in this Man United team. Three one to Man United. They just uh, I don't know. They lost to Watford Mourinho's first season as well yeah. in Watford, so they've not been. The I'm not saying it can't to, happen. Um, they've not you been know, the easiest fixture for if, Mourinho. If, if, I promise you, if United lose this match, it will not be dignified. And yeah. we will be talking a lot about it next week's show. I'm going to go 2-0 Watford on this one. Deep. Yeah. Uh, and then the Sunday match uh, that we want to talk about, Everton-West Ham. What or Everton versus uh, Everton 2.0. Yeah, well, we didn't think West Ham would be in the relegation, but we thought they'd be in the kind of bad side of the half, you know, the second half of the league. But... They are not looking like they're going to arrest this form anytime soon. Of all the words to describe West Ham, I feel like pointless is a pretty good one. <laughs> just, just that if you, want to, if you want to watch that that period of play against Wolves in the ninety whatever minute. That yeah, was. I'm a Triori. And it looked running. it was like a training match, and like oh yeah, okay, that's we'll go back and we'll reset or whatever. Is Declan Rice making an appearance for West Ham at last? Like it can't be much worse than what they've been doing so far. Like the the, the whole situation. It's it's disintegrating. It's only early in the match. We're only, only in the season. There's only four matches gone, but like Pellegrini needs to like, figure something out because putting Arnautovic as a central striker and then having all these guys trying to shoot crosses in and having these little midfielders like chip balls in and not be very quick. Mark Noble and Jack Wilstrom talking about not being covering much ground and ceding midfield area to their opposition in every available time. And they're in like this is even when they're at home and then they're they're not at home in this match might might help them. That they're you know maybe playing no in the back toxic off. atmosphere. Well they're playing like no, the West Ham fans haven't been that bad. Yeah, they haven't been bad this season. Not the last so season far. was definitely toxic. Yeah, for a lot of it. Even if we used to do that badly. Yeah, but, it was a bit harsh. Yeah, West left. Ham are not being well run at the moment. And they haven't been for a while. No, and you're looking at Pellegrini who's a Premier League winning manager and you're looking at him and the players he has and he's done well with limited resources at Villarreal and to a lesser extent at, at uh, Malaga. Malaga when he had a lot of money. And uh, you know, Real Madrid as well and Man City. You know, he, he does have a habit of picking up teams that have a lot of money at certain times. Well what's time of spent though as well? Yeah. But they've not spent wisely. Why did they sign Jack Wilshire? Why did they sign? He was free, I guess. Yeah, but the, the more, more money have they spent then? 
Well, they bought uh, Felipe Anderson for uh, a good bit of money. They brought in Issa Diop for a bit of yeah, money. Yeah, but these players aren't... They're not acclimatising well. I know you like Felipe Yeah, I think he's, he's been West Ham's best player so far. But he's playing so far forward, I don't understand. When you're sat shocking at the back, I think they need to put a nice three-man tight unit of Noble, Anderson and Wilshire. That's what yeah, no, they definitely do. should have bought a defensive midfielder and for some and reason then, they didn't. No, and they're just playing with midfielders. You get the feeling no West Ham suffered the most from the transfer window closing when the matches started. Because <laughs> you <laughs> know for sure when they lost 4-0 Liverpool they would have been thinking oh, we probably need a defensive midfielder. Maybe. Maybe we do. Yeah. Maybe we need to and bring back Darren Randolph All of a sudden well. they can't bring one in. Yeah. So yeah, they, I think At they least they got rid of Joe Hart. Yeah, that that's just just for dressing your atmosphere. That's pretty yeah, good. And you know, now he's letting goals for Burnley instead of them. He he made a no, save. he's yeah, he's letting him goals. Yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that'll do us for uh, this week's episode. Uh, thank you for being here, Andrew. Thank you for having me, Declan. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then don't forget you can tell family and friends about the show. Spread the word. The Total Football Takeover. You can also follow us on social media at the TF Pod on Twitter and Total Football Pod on Instagram. We can also be found on podcast services, including Spotify, by searching Total Football Podcast. The more the merrier. That's what we always say. <laughs>